Welcome back to the TLC podcast um, with me, Venus Libido. And me, Natalie Byrne. And today we have a very special guest, um, Eleanor. Um, would you like to tell our listeners and viewers a little bit about yourself? Yes. Um, I'm Eleanor. I'm the Better Brand Consultant and I work with sustainable, ethical and purpose-led brands to give them um, the kind of the need to know on the marketing and media industry as it is. So there's been a lot of change in the past 10 years and I think for many businesses it can be very difficult to know um, where to turn and how to make the most out of everything from your socials to your PR to your creative campaigns. So I work with um, startups that have a strong set of values at their core and yes I support them in kind of bringing their vision to fruition that's wonderful um it's great to have you on on here um and yeah we um we, we have so many questions that we want to ask you um I guess we'll start with something that we get a lot from um a lot of our own audience um we have a lot of aspiring artists um or people just starting on their small business journey and um we often get asked questions about how to accept what what to do morally when um, a client you don't necessarily align with um, asks you for work and you're just starting out and you're you know broke, struggling for money and um, having that push and pull between your own internal um, how you feel to accepting work when you need it and um i guess we'd love to talk a little bit about that yeah sure so i think um i think it's amazing to uh have that kind of self-awareness and know um if you know at an early stage you know that this is the kind of stuff you work on and this is what you don't um in fashion pr um years ago now 10 or 12 years ago and um, at the time I wasn't particularly conscious of inner workings of the fashion industry um, but I loved uh, you know a lot of the stuff that you see that you see outwardly I felt very drawn to that and also um, I found the the PR industry to be quite exciting Um, but I think for me it was about um, about five years ago back of 2018 where I was working on these on these huge brands and I kind of had a moment with myself and I was like I can't I can't do this anymore. I don't want to be sending out press releases, selling more stuff to more people who don't necessarily need more things. It, it just became really clear to me. Um, and, and that's what kind of kicked off the journey to, to doing what I'm doing now. Um, so I think if you're in a position where you're just starting out and you're like, oh my God, this is the role I want to play in this industry and this is the kind of impact I want to make, I think that's really, really special. Um, you know, and we, uh, we need more people like that, right? We need more people with, with values what they, at the core of what they do um however you know we live in an imperfect world we live in a capitalist society and money is a is a big driver um and so the thing i i guess i would say is is first to kind of take the pressure off yourself um you know we all go out with kind of the best of intentions but sometimes life gets in the way and we have to make ends meet and i think when when happens um the worst thing you can do is just put shame on yourself for having done these things um, I think that can be uh, very destructive 
Um, but yeah, this is a conversation that I have with, with lots of people actually, and, and, and freelancers and consultants who say, you know, this is what I, this is what I set out to do, but I've just been offered this. And to be honest, if I could do it on the side and nobody ever found out, like I kind of do it because it's really good money. That's definitely a conversation that happens. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and my, the, the kind of analogy I use is like, imagine that you're an actor or a, an actress or a female actor and you're you're leaving drama school and you want to do, you have these like you know big ideas of what you want your career to look like sometimes you're going to have to take uh, you know those roles in an advert you're going to have to take the bit part in a soap opera you're going to have to you know you think of all the famous actors there are and the time they're on the Holby city or the bill or to get to get to oscar level you know, this is this is what a career looks like it's a series of moves that gets you to where you need to be and i think if we kind of view it like that um, you know, ultimately, it doesn't mean at the end of the day, this person's any worse or better an actor for having done these bit parts. It just means that that's their journey. Um, and I think my, my opinion is if you look at it like that, it, it kind of makes a bit more sense and you can feel a little bit more assured that you will get to, you know, do that independent, arty, independent, Oscar-winning <laughs> breakthrough film if you do kind of little steps to get there along the way. So hopefully that makes sense. But that's that's kind of the way that I look at it. You know, we have to we have to kind of take those jobs um occasionally it doesn't it doesn't mean you're any worse or better at your craft it just means that this is what you've done to get to where you need to be yeah yeah, yeah that makes total sense and i think that we do have a lot of um especially within our community as creatives like we all do talk a lot about money and when we have companies that approach us that we don't necessarily agree with what they're doing but we realize and we acknowledge that the campaigns that they're getting us to participate in and pay us to participate in are ones that are hopefully educating not just themselves but the, uh, their audience and our audience to do better things whether it be like you know a giant period company who you know don't necessarily make products in an ethical way but they're trying to raise money and spread awareness around period poverty so you kind of sometimes have to weigh up is this campaign that I'm going to be working on with this company going to be beneficial for my audience and spreading good awareness? Um, and then obviously having this talk around like the shame of being paid for these kind of things. And how do you think we can um, kind of destigmatize these conversations around, oh, how much money these companies are paying us and like the internal and external struggle we have between selling out and making money off of these people sure yeah so I think the first thing to say is that for me I don't see there as being like a north star of business where everybody where there's this uh, company that has um you know from the from the way that they uh create their products right through to the way that they package them up to the way that they get ship them out to retailers to the way that they market them I've yet to see a brand that I think is like through the you know through the line yeah. pure in a way that we would like them to be I think and that's and it's and it's great that we we can be vocal and we can say that we want our brands to to do more here or there or whatever but ultimately we're trying to um overturn or redefine 70 to 100 years of, of mass consumerism and um you know big corporations that have done very well out of um selling us stuff and their supply chains their systems aren't uh, perfect so yeah, there's yeah. a lot that needs to be um that needs to be changed and, and, and to your point that example that you used about maybe a big a big brand that um makes 
period products, you know, yes, there are the kind of Unilever and P&G owned companies and, and they're working behind the scenes on their own thing on trying to be more sustainable and trying to create better work cultures and trying to, um, you know, create more uh, representative ad campaigns. So I think there's a lot of movement in the, in the industry where people are trying to do better things. And that's, you know, why they're reaching out to creatives who have something different and interesting to say because they want to be part of that conversation. And ultimately, I think that can only be a good thing. Um, you know, there are some some big businesses that do get it wrong. And I think they learn very quickly when they've made a mistake and when they've, uh, I don't know, done something that appears to be woke washing or greenwashing or, you know, a not very authentic campaign to try and reach millennial women, for example. You know, they, they, they'll pull that that quite quickly. Um, so hopefully that, that gives a little bit of, of context as to around what taking money from big businesses look like, right? No, no business is perfect. And the smaller businesses that are, and that are doing amazing things, you know, they don't necessarily have the big budgets to pay creatives in the way that they should. So it's, it's unfortunate, but it's changing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, me and Natalie find this quite a lot within our work is like, you know, we, we have connections with lots of amazing startup companies and they're small, but they're doing great things, but we know they can't really afford to pay us to get the word out for them. But we do out the kindness of our own heart and the fact that we believe in these companies and want them to do well. So we understand like sometimes taking like a cut, a smaller cut um, in terms of supporting companies that are doing good things. Um, but I guess it's like trying to help creatives know when you should be charging more and knowing when yeah. the budget is there is always a difficult one to navigate because like even recently I was approached by um a dating app and I went in big with my budget and how much I think I'm worth for the amount of work they wanted because I know they probably have the budget but then you know didn't get the work maybe because of the what's happening in this um current situation but it's like you go in, it's, it's hard. What I'm trying to say is like trying to navigate charging the right amounts for the right companies. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Always, always. And hundred percent, you know, I've been working in my, my industry for, you know, over 10 years, like I said, and even now I sometimes am a bit like, am I underselling myself? Like what? Yeah. Because I'll work with, I'll work with the company and then I'll see them do this. You know, they'll take the creative that we've discussed in a workshop and they run with it. And basically I've given them like a three month campaign plan for the price of a workshop. And so I'm just like, Oh, yeah. you know, it's so yeah. difficult. Um, the best advice I've been given uh, has been, you know, don't compare yourself to what other people are charging because that is like, that just begins the road to kind of uh, compare and despair basically so you really have to go by that I think for me it's worked out to be um you know the time my experience right so so the the big companies that I've worked on so I've worked in a big uh London like fast-paced London agency and I know how much those guys have charged for monthly retainers um and you know I know the brands I've worked on and then I've gone in-house for a smaller company and I know how much I've been able to charge there and then I've got gone in-house for a big company that's owned by a much bigger company and I know what PR is worth there so I've got kind of uh, um, a view I guess of all different sides of this industry and knowing what agencies are charging what freelancers are charging you know so I, so I kind of have my industry knowledge there but then the other thing that I need to take into account is 
what's the value that I'm bringing to the table. So, you know, I might have a contact in my little black book that means that I can do a partnership with a big brand and that kind of co uh, that co-branded product can then go on to sell out and create tens of thousands of pounds worth of revenue for this big company and I've not charged commission. So there's, you know, there's, there's definitely been some learnings along the way. Um, but I think ultimately, you know, you, by directly engaging with a brand, you are, you're not using an agent. So instantly a brand is not paying an extra 10, 20% for an agency fee, right? And um, you are giving them, you know, direct access to your creative which if they if you were working with um again like a pr agency or another third party there'd be another cut on top of that so i think you're actually saving them money when you think of it like yeah um and then uh yeah i think there's no uh, i wish there was some kind of magic formula as to how to work out your prices but you you've to view it as an equal exchange I'm, I'm, I presume you already do this anyway it's like this is what I'm worth this is what I'm bringing to the table and yeah you've just got to be really super confident in that um however I will say on the flip side I've received um you know media decks from influencers and creators that all they do is they they just give me the stats on how many followers they have or how many likes they get on a post there's no real um sort of uh communication of the value that they bring to me as a person working in a brand so uh let's say um sorry this is quite a long answer but i think this is probably no, an example i want to this is get. great this um, is very helpful yeah. i think even just for us <laughs> yeah. yeah so say so i'm i'm a pr manager in a big company and i want to work with an influencer on a campaign right i've got a certain amount of budget and i've got to spend that wisely i've got to choose between doing like a big press send out or um, whatever, but I don't have a lot of budget. I have nowhere near as much as budget as the advertising guys. I don't have anywhere near as much as budget as the digital marketing guys. I've got like probably 20% of that. Um, so I need, to, I need to use that money super wisely. So I'll work with an influencer. Well, the way I work, I prefer to work long, time, long term. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily choose to work with someone over three months if I couldn't see myself working with them over like three years, let's say, because I feel very much about um, creating relationships rather than just giving someone a bunch of money for three months and being like, do something millennial. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that's kind of how I, how, I, how I base my judgment. But ultimately, at the end of this campaign, I will need to present back um, the findings or the uh, results to a marketing director and to prove that this was a really good spend of money. So in order to do that, I'm going to need a bit more information beyond this person's got loads of followers. I'm going to need to look at like, how are they really influencing culture beyond just being in front of a screen? So what articles are they being part of? What other brands are they working with? Um, do they have a book out? Do they have a podcast? Do you know, what, what's the kind of added value there? And also, um, you know, it's, it's, especially if you're, if you're selling um, a, a product, so if you're like a fashion influencer, for example, you will, I would suggest providing the, the kind of Google Analytics. So the click through is like, this is how many, uh, you know, clicks to site that we got from working together. And also just having a sense of perspective of what that looks like compared to traditional press. Because I think the other mistake that people make when they work with influencers is they think, oh, we're just going to get like all of this online um, 
you know traffic and it doesn't always work that way so you need to you need to be able to kind of balance balance it in um, comparison to, to traditional methods so in short i would say if you are approaching a brand it's not just about your following and the engagement it's also about kind of the real value the behind the scenes stuff and how you are the best person for this job mm. um hopefully that makes sense <laughs> no that's great and i think that that uh, we get i mean this is totally off like our plan but we i we get a lot of questions on like how to find work and for us we both you know worked really hard to build an audience and make stuff that we really cared about and the, it's a really um, annoying that the answer isn't very like, oh, approach companies, like message people. It's doing the hard work to build that engagement, to build that audience, to make stuff that is, yeah, like you said, affecting culture, saying something about culture and doing something that is, um, it's like that you think like, oh, getting work is just like asking companies like, hi, um, but really how we've both done it is just by like, doing it this way and like engaging which with like people really, yeah which is like 100 percent. you're doing you're doing everything right i mean for my work as well like i don't spend a lot of time on social media because i find it quite overwhelming sometimes and i actually i prefer to be in my work doing my work but behind the scenes in any given week i'll be at a marketing conference i'll be um speaking to some sustainable fashion um lobbyists i'll be like having a chat with the ceo i'll be doing all of this stuff that isn't actually appropriate for instagram so i don't have a huge following there on yet um but uh, you know i think it is very much about um you know influencers that actually influence and i yeah. think you you guys are great and you're, you're doing everything right and again it's, it's it takes time it does take time but it's the hardest thing to tell to young aspiring people who would just want to get like get going to be mm -hmm. like yeah it takes time and um but it's also something that is in well in in um well in people's control to to mm. um like grow an audience or, or post stuff on social media and build stuff that way um but i think we, this, this, oh sorry oh, sorry just, just on your point, i didn't want to interrupt you but just on yeah. your point around saying you see you know lots of people who want that kind of fast success i think this is the this is like the lie of social media is that like you know rarely do people become overnight overnight successes because they've done something that's gone viral like how many times will it happen in a year like three or four times maybe there'll be some kind of huge, huge whatever um but but i would say as well like what i've seen um the way the industry has shifted from traditional now into digital media you're finding a lot of who have entered the workplace in the past five years and have have kind of built their career on a digital media in a digital media way start to be like oh well what what can we do um what other stuff can we do to position ourselves as experts and thought leaders and this is where pr comes back in so it's like i think it's about finding the balance between the offline and the online mm. although you can have online pr as well it's not you know <laughs> yeah we um well there was um something that we also uh, wanted to ask you we had uh, some issue well not an i guess suppose it was an issue but you know a lot of creatives we talk we talk to each other <laughs> um and you know we know a lot of our close friends and also been involved in um situations where it's companies have done um say a big campaign and paid their creatives different prices and you know we've all been very open and talked about it and it's something that 
um, I don't see many people talking about. So maybe we could talk about that. And we'd love to ask, like, how can companies and how can creatives, like, what, whichever, um, how can we change that? And how can we, um, I guess, change that that happens? Because I'm aware that there are some companies that have been very open that they're going to pay everyone fairly on different things. Um, but um, I think because there isn't like um, a flat fee that illustrators get told, well, illustrators particularly get told to be like, oh, for one post, charge this. Um, and everyone knows it. it, it allows this, I guess, people to be um, taken advantage of in that way. Definitely. Um, and this kind of secrecy around how much do you earn is, uh, you know, it's not just specific to any one industry. It's, um, I remember working at an agency and there was kind of like a rumor that if you talked about how much you, you earned um, and someone found out you'd get fired for talking about it. Yeah. I mean, I, did, I, did, I, never, saw, I never saw that happen, but it was like, just you talking about, I was like, oh, that sounds really familiar. I was like, oh yeah, I used to work at this place. And it was like, if you talk about how much you were and between one another, which was crazy because we were, I was on like the fashion desk and we were probably the hardest working team, but the lowest paid because fashion doesn't pay anywhere near it's as like traditional consumers. Sorry, what was that? Volumes of like the secrecy of behind it all. And you know, there's a reason why they're threatening people like that when it comes to talking about yeah. wages. Because it's they know they're tactic. Oh. Yeah. 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 I mean, it wasn't something that we, we lived with every single, it was, I think it was just something I heard on like Friday beers and we were talking about stuff and it was like, Oh, well you do realize that if we start talking about it, this is what will happen. So, um, so anyway, um, yes. What, sorry, what was the question again, Natalie? It's about, um, uh, people getting, doing the same job, but being paid unfairly. And you said the how yeah. that is not just about illustration that covers everyone, which is so true yeah. in yeah. industries. Yeah. And because how can we do, what can we do to like, um, whether that's companies, cause you work with companies or us as creatives, what can we do to like, just change the landscape and push forward for that to not happen? Yeah, I think do, doing what you're doing already, talking with one another and being really open about it is um, incredibly supportive and brave and new, like this, people don't do this. So to be, you know, part of a generation that's like, you know what, we're actually solidarity is more important to us than screwing one another over is, um, is a really, really cool thing. And I think any um, <clears throat> marketing manager or whoever PR that, that, you know ops to work with you guys should be aware of this and should uh you know know better um and i talked about this offline in an example that you mentioned and it's i can't believe the kind of disparity between the, the two fees that people paid and ultimately you know it's it's um it's it's about professionalism you know not on your part on the part of the people that you're working with it's really not okay um to treat people like this as exploitative it's, it's all kinds of wrong um, but I guess you're, what, you're, what you're trying to say is how can we get those people understanding um, that this is what you do and this is what your community holds really dear and I just just communicate it to them. Just maybe you could have a little footnote in, in your emails, in your signature, you know, you know, a little line that says something like, I, I believe in, you know, uh, an open conversation around money for creatives um please be aware or something like that i mean not to like scare people off right <laughs> but just but just something to to open the conversation so that if people are working with a group of influencers on a campaign this stuff doesn't happen 
because because you know it's it's about who has the power really like the brands have the money but you're the ones with the power otherwise the brands wouldn't be coming to you to being like make us look good so you know you're well within your space to to kind of communicate that and it doesn't have to be a a tricky conversation it can just be this is the situation you know yeah I think that's a really good point to make that you know the brands have the money but we have the talent and the power that they need to make the work and the campaign happen um that's the reality of it and like I always used to be really worried about talking about money or asking people if they don't mind telling me how much they've been paid on the same campaign as me but I've got to a point now where it is upsetting and it is frustrating to um see someone who deserves to be paid the right amount but maybe they're still you know progressing within their career and having those conversations with themselves isn't quite there yet so I think it's so important that we do as creators talk to each other behind the scenes um and not be embarrassed about saying oh by the way I got paid this much do you mind me asking how much you got paid just to make sure we are you are being paid fairly and I'm being paid fairly for the same work um Mm -hmm. I've always done that throughout my career even before illustration even when I was working doing other things in the art world I would always ask my male colleagues what they were being paid Mm. um sometimes they would tell me sometimes they wouldn't depending on if they agreed with equal pay or not um but I have had men say wow I'm getting paid like double than you and we're doing the same job and I just think it's so important even for gender the gender pay gap to have conversations with men and um people from you know different backgrounds just to make sure that you know it is fair yeah, completely. Um, and again, you know, I'm, I'm a 33 year old woman. And like I said, I've been doing this for a, a while. And even now I know when I go into some kind of workshops or conversations where we're about to have a discussion around, you know, me providing my services to a particular client. Um, there's, yeah, there's, uh, oh my God, I nearly hung up the phone on someone at the end of last year. <laughs> but it was just, you know, people will try and pull this shit with you because you're a woman and you're working by yourself. And, you know, 33 year old men don't have to put up with half the money conversations that I have. And maybe that's on me. Like, uh, you know, I, I, I still um, am learning this world um, and looking at different models of success and how I can um, create more services to kind of follow the things that I'm interested in um, as I have been doing. But, uh, you know, you do need a little kind of leeway from the other side to be like don't don't take me about just because I'm a woman <laughs> yeah <clears throat> yeah anyway, I think um there's another there's another podcast but yeah it's <laughs> such great conversations I think and um I think uh, it's it's going to help so many people and and also just be open opening the conversation about money is so important to just get it right out there right in the open um because i've seen so many people get taken advantage of and it's so unfair um and i think everything that you shared was just so great and wonderful um i think we've got time for one or two more questions um and we'd love to talk about your um work around media and um you did a really great igtv video about media especially during this unusual um time and um we love to to talk about that we um yeah so maybe you could tell us a little bit um more about your work on media and media um communication yeah of course so um you know i well we're we're, we're living in interesting times um but we've been living in interesting times for a long time and uh i feel 
as somebody who is a media expert that our current uh, media landscape is um, not I don't want to say the words not for purpose but I think we have many issues with the way that we have um, uh, national newspapers, tabloid news, online news, um, you know, women's lifestyle news, the, the various different messages that are being communicated um, throughout these channels. Um, we've got uh, the, the UK press industry has a bad reputation globally for being, um, you know, uh, hostile. For having a, a uniquely hostile narrative uh, is the words the UN used in 2015. And me, as somebody who who does a lot with with PR, I'm I'm kind of sick of it. I'm kind of sick of um, you know just this onslaught of bad news and this this uh, theory that bad news sells, and that's all we're going to get from our news industry. And I think the 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 whole landscape has changed dramatically over the past 10 years and will continue to do so but what we have right now is an opportunity to say actually this is what we want um from our newspapers this is what we want from our um broadcast from our online news um and and almost i think you know lots of people tell me oh how's that ever going to happen but i think i see it in the same way as five years ago with the fashion industry you know people like oh how are you going to change the fashion industry and then the hashtag who made my clothes campaign with fashion revolution week came about and now we see this huge shift and i feel like if we if we push for that same kind of momentum behind our media industry you know we can stop having um tabloids that sell uh, stories fake stories around various different you know members of the royal family or uh you know we can yeah it's i'm just i'm conscious of the time so i don't want to i don't want to go into it too much as you're, you're right now, so I do have a little um, IGTV uh, on my page, which, which goes into a bit more detail as to um, how this is affecting us. And I think I see a lot of uh, buzz from um, online um, psychologists, from uh, you know, women working in female empowerment, from people in the sustainability industry, and all calling for the same thing. They're all calling for a media industry that is not built on scaring people that is not all about creating fear um and that's what i'm all about too so yeah again it's like how do you change something that's 70 to 100 years old but i feel like i've got enough kind of experience and, and insight into this that um i'm really looking to collaborate with um other brands and um influencers to to get this off the ground so yeah <laughs> oh, that's wonderful do you have any advice on how to like handle the media consumption right now yeah so um i would say check in with yourself and and what you're really looking for because it's very easy to go into a scroll hole looking for literally anything that will tell you you know we can leave the house next week <laughs> that's that's like the simplest thing and i do it i do it every night i've picked up this really bad habit of watching the 10 o'clock news while having the guardian on my phone and then going to bed and worrying about the state of the world and like this the, I'm, I know better um, I still do it. So yeah, I think just be really conscious of what it is you're looking for. Um, if you're finding Instagram quite overwhelming, you know, I, 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 I like Instagram for many reasons, but I also think sometimes it's just a complete bit of opinion and all you're doing is getting fed back like the same stuff. And there are a lot of people on there that are trying to say, these like brave and inspiring things because they want to be positive but actually it's the complete opposite like that that thing that was going around a couple of weeks ago that was like we are the virus and it's like oh, God, we are not the virus like, 
Just stop it. Like that's what, you know, it's that kind of stuff that I think is just not helpful with Instagram. So, so set a, a, a time limit on your phone. Yeah. Be aware that you're probably not missing out on much right now. Like support the people who you, who you genuinely like and you genuinely follow and cut out the rest. Um, and yeah, and I think just be aware that like we talk about media consumption, but I think often the media consumes us when really it, it should be the other way around. Like we're taking what we need from it. Yeah. Um, the sources that I go to, uh, I go to the Guardian, I go to the BBC, I check in on the Telegraph. I don't read it too much, but I only look at it to kind of offset what the Guardian are reporting. So I, I like to see how two different sides reporting the same story. And then I'm also a big fan of Positive News, which is... Um, it does what it says on the tin. It's an online platform and they have a quarterly print magazine and it's £30 for the year and you're supporting independent journalism that is all about creating new stories that benefit society. So yeah, those are that's kind of my, my top tips. <laughs> oh, that was wonderful. Well, I think, oh, I love this episode so much. I think we covered a lot and um, I think it's going to help so many people and thank you so much for taking the time out to, to chat to us today. Um, and it's been wonderful talking to you. Yeah, where can, people, me. where can people find you on Instagram? Like, if they want to come watch your IGTVs and get some more advice. Yeah, so I'm at the Better Brand Consultant on Instagram, and I'm also uh, got my website, which is thebetterconsultant.com. And um, yeah, that's that's where I am. So if you've got any, I'd I'd love to hear if anybody has any questions, or uh, you know, if there's something that they're struggling with at the moment, either they're creative and they want to know how to work with brands or they're just like media's gone insane how do I stay informed without losing my mind <laughs> I'm your girl I'm here <laughs> oh that's just what we need right now as well <laughs> thank you so much and it's been wonderful talking to you and definitely check out Eleanor on all her socials we'll link everything um in the description of this podcast and yeah that's it thank you yeah, so thank much, you so much. Thanks, guys. Have a lovely day. Bye. If you're worried about your mental health or worried for somebody else, then please call the Samaritans number on 116-123 for free. Thank you for listening to the TLC podcast. If you enjoyed it, please share it with your friends, share it on your socials, tag us, write us a review, all that good stuff really helps us out so, so much. Thank you, Nick Byrne, for the music. This song is called Houses and you can stream it now. All the links will be in the description.